Hi and welcome. This is Nibbles in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. The oldest spacecraft still in orbit was launched in 1958. It stopped working in 1964. But when Vanguard 1 stopped working, it didn't just disappear. It stayed in orbit, its motion continually being perturbed. For Vanguard 1, the main perturbing force is due to the Earth's atmosphere, causing it to slowly lose altitude. Eventually, it will burn up in the Earth's atmosphere, but Vanguard 1 went to quite a high orbit, so this really is a slow process. And Vanguard 1 will likely remain in orbit for at least 200 years after it stopped working. And it's not just the spacecraft. The upper stage of the launch vehicle, slightly confusingly called the Vanguard rocket, is also still in orbit. In the decades since, and with the thousands of spacecraft launched since, space debris has proliferated, from dead spacecraft and spent rockets to fragments of them, ranging from remnants of explosive bolts used to hold down and then release objects to flecks of paint and propellant slag or unburnt fuel. And rather unhelpfully, spacecraft and rocket stages have a tendency to explode long after they've stopped working, creating clouds of debris. And we also have a bad habit of testing anti-satellite weapons, some of which create only short-lived debris fields when the target's in a low orbit. But some others have created long-lasting debris fields that have grown and spread out over time. Some of the more unusual debris comes from things astronauts have dropped, including a glove from the first US spacewalk, various tools, several cameras, a mirror, and even a toothbrush. And the cosmonauts on Mir used to throw bags of rubbish overboard as they couldn't store them on board. By the late 1970s, engineers were starting to grasp the risk of the ever-growing space debris population recognising the risk of collision in space resulting in more debris and so more collisions. This hypothesised a cascade effect creating a runaway scenario that was termed Kessler syndrome and could result in certain regions of space becoming unusable, perhaps for centuries. Today we have best practice guidelines in place to help avoid the creation of more debris. This includes guidelines on removing spacecraft from protected orbit regions. From geostationary orbit, we tend to move spacecraft to a so-called graveyard orbit, above geostationary orbit. In low Earth orbit, we tend to destroy spacecraft in the Earth's atmosphere. However, not all spacecraft will completely burn up. For them, we target a re-entry over the southern Pacific, far away from people. But sometimes that isn't possible either, so operators will simply take the risk and hope nobody gets hurt. Large space objects are tracked from both the ground and space, but as objects get smaller than about 5 to 10 centimetres, or roughly the size of a baseball, it becomes challenging to track them, meaning there are a lot of objects big enough to do some serious damage that we simply have no idea where they are. When there is a risk that a piece of space debris might hit a spacecraft, the operators will attempt to move it out of the way of the debris. 
This has a cost for the operator and will shorten the spacecraft's life, but even the International Space Station has to perform avoidance manoeuvres. A problem, however, is that we don't know the precise location of the debris, so sometimes we can't be sure that manoeuvring won't actually make the situation worse, or sometimes we might not realise a collision is possible until it's too late. For the space station, this means the crew will shelter in place by moving to inside one of the docked Soyuz vehicles so they can make a quick escape, if needed. Sometimes that works. It's always worked so far for the space station, but sometimes it doesn't. Which is what happened with the first major collision between two spacecraft in 2009, when a dead Russian spacecraft collided with an operational US commercial communications spacecraft 800 kilometres above Siberia. Both spacecraft were completely destroyed, creating thousands of fragments, many of which will stay in orbit for decades to come. Space debris, much like pollution on Earth, is a negative externality. It often saves the spacecraft operator cost, and any pollution doesn't incur a cost, but has a negative effect on those not involved in that spacecraft. Today, there is no meaningful space debris legislation, nor enforcement in place. Rather, we rely on guidelines and best practice. We rely on so-called gentlemanly conduct in a rapidly professionalising, congested and contested environment. So, much like the climate crisis on Earth, without concerted international action and agreement, we risk it becoming too late to save another natural environment from irresponsible human actions. This was A Nibble in Space with me, Malcolm McDonald. For a little more of a nibble on this with some visuals, why not visit spaceprof.xyz or subscribe to the podcast for future nibbles. In the next nibble, we'll munch and muse just what space have I done for me?